Bringing a cell or gene therapy to market is an art. Hear Veristat thought leaders as they draw on their specialized expertise to offer insight on timely, relevant clinical development topics. Welcome to Art Podcasts, Advancing Revolutionary Therapies, a podcast presented by the Center of Excellence for Cell and Gene Therapies by Veristat. Today's podcast will be a clip of key insights from our recent webinar on the Roadmap to Market for Cell and Gene Therapies, given by Rachel Smith, Portfolio Director at Veristat. Here, Rachel expand upon opportunities for virtual and central site models in cell and gene therapy trials, including the logistics involved in planning and execution. If you'd like to listen to the webinar in its entirety, please search our knowledge base at veristat.com. Thank you for listening. Well, the other thing that I think is a real buzzword at the moment, particularly in the COVID environment, is virtual trials. Now, in practice, for cell and gene therapy trials, this may, may not be feasible, a fully virtual trial. However, it's something that we have used successfully, and depending what type of therapy uh, you're using, which patient population you're targeting. So the idea of a virtual trial is to really design a patient-centric trial, so minimize the burden of therapist participation in a clinical trial and give them the maximal benefit. So patient recruitment is managed through digital marketing or branding, Traditionally, we have used sort of radio advertising, TV advertising in the, few, in the past, but actually in this current environment where everything is online, the patients finding trials and trial registers at home on their computers, on their smartphones. And so this is a really effective way of, of um, finding your patient populations. Patients are then qualified and registered to a clinical trial through call centres. So physicians are staffed call centres so that the eligibility can be assessed and then the patients are enrolled onto the study using e-consent. There'll be a patient concierge service who we coordinate upcoming visits and any logistics or any shipment of samples or delivery of e-diaries or other, you know, downloading of apps onto smartphones, all that sort of thing. And then once the patient's enrolled on the trial, we will utilise either vendors who are able to perform home visits, so qualified nurses, qualified physicians who can come into the patient's home and actually perform those visits with the patient at home. And we can also utilise telemedicine as well. So using investigators from the clinical trial site to remotely contact those patients as is you know, happening every day now with the current situation. So as you can imagine, it's really, really important to really utilise the electronic tools for source data collection, capture and verification. So having an uh, integrated technology interface with rigorous training of both the patients and any staff that are involved in, in collection of that data and validation of that data, and then coordinating and planning between all of the different parties involved. So as I've mentioned, we would use e-consent as a data source. We can also use e-pro, patient diaries patient portals, electronic medical records, and also e-source um, to feed into that ECRF, e to feed into your clinical database and allow that collection of data. So this is a best case scenario, I guess, for the patients. But in practice, as I mentioned, a fully virtual trial for selling gene therapy products isn't usually viable. So what we've developed as a result of this is a central site model. And the central site model is a semi-virtual trial model. And what we found is it's particularly well suited for cell and gene therapy studies and rare disease studies. Um, so when thinking about a central site model, it's important to think that this actually happens in real world medicine. So a patient, for example, thinking about a, a gene therapy that is approved in Italy, so Streamvelis, 
Now, patients have to travel to Italy to have that treatment. They can't have that treatment, you know, in their local countries, at their local hospitals. So they will go, they will have their self-harvest at the Italian centre who's licensed for this product. They would then receive the treatment and then they would return home for follow-up by their local physician. They're not going to be going back and forth to Italy for this follow-up in normal care. And the same is true for maybe novel cancer drugs that are available in the US but not available in Europe. We quite often see patients traveling to receive the treatment, but then having follow up with their local physicians. And there'll be communication between the local physician and the treatment center. So it's really just catalyzing on that type of model. So what we would do is we'd have one or two central sites set up to that are specializing in the treatment so the patients would then travel there um, to for screening procedures they if it's a gene therapy and um, using autologous uh, cells they would then have their harvest and then they would have their treatment at the central site and return back to their local country their local region their local hospital for follow-up now these local centers we in the central site model would not be part of the clinical trial they would act purely as a data source So the emphasis here is on the communication between the central site and these local healthcare providers. And it's also really important to have designed your clinical trial. If this is the model you want to use, design your clinical trial for follow-up visits to be as close to standard of care as possible. That means that when you're going to for clinical trial approvals, your protocol allows you to collect standard of care data from your local sites. And you're not asking them to do any clinical trial assessments beyond the norm. Obviously, with gene therapy and cell therapy products, there will be additional labs, that um, safety labs that need to be collected and labs to prove efficacy as well. So thinking about your gene therapies and your persistence of gene marking assessment, your integration site analyses, for example. Um, and again, when these patients are coming in to their local centre for the standard of care visits, quite often they'll be having blood work done. So all we're asking the local centres to do is just to send us some additional blood volume when those samples are being collected. And then the central site will analyse those or ship them off to the various labs that are involved. And then linking all of that together. So these are some of the aspects that we've taken from the virtual site model with the in-home follow-up visits. So they can be in-home follow-up visits with the patients by using mobile healthcare providers. There can also be follow-up visits where the central site will have telemedicine visits with the patients or even with the local healthcare provider present, the local physician present. And then obviously it's really important to use that information technology. So your ECRFs, your study diaries and telemedicine, EPRO, you know, all those additional aspects, depending on what data you need to collect in the interim. And then those patients might return to the central site, maybe for annual visits, or they might not return at all, depending on the risk benefit of your product. So it's a really interesting, useful model, which really minimizes the burden on the patients and their caregivers, but maximizes your access to patient population. And it also makes the study a lot more streamlined, a lot less complex, and therefore a lot less expensive to run. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe on your favorite podcast player and look for our other Cell and Gene podcasts at cellandgene.expert.